All right, we're back in on the, well, in the Kintec studio, I should say. Stan Richo, Satyar Shaw. Hour number two of Canuck Central underway. We're going to get to uh, overrated, underrated in just a minute. This hour of Canuck Central is brought to you by Brevo. Brevo provides convenient cloud-based access control systems from your mobile device for any industry. Go to lp.brevo.com slash Canada for a smart demonstration. It's... Uh, Canuck Central and a ton of reaction coming into uh, a recent interview we did with uh, Trevor Linden sat. Yeah, um, I think uh, people are pretty fired up over what Trevor had to say. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you missed it, make sure to go listen to the interview. We have it available on podcasts and uh, it is going to be up uh, on Twitter very soon as well. But it's one of those things where we kind of we've known about we've talked about this before that, that this has been a possibility yeah that you know not a possibility that the process in 2017 was different and it was a collective effort to get to Pedersen and that not, not everyone was aboard but you know prevent uh, sanity prevailed the right decision prevailed and they they came away with an incredible player so uh it's the the process prevailed uh trust yeah. trust the process as always <laughs> words to live by <laughs> Hopefully we've got the correct process in place, but uh, in that situation, it seems like uh, things were better because, as you know, Trevor mentioned, uh, we, I, I didn't like our process in 2016, and you know, not just Yalevi, but the Canucks didn't get anything from that draft. The only player that uh, survived any length of time was was Will Lockwood uh, from from that draft process in 2016, but. Suggest you go back and listen to the full interview with Trevor Linden, and uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more later on. And uh, you know what? Given uh, how much people are reacting to it, I think it's going to be a topic in uh, overrated, underrated, potentially. So, process overrated or underrated? <laughs> let's uh, let's get to it. Hit the music. It is uh, overrated or underrated here on a Wednesday on Canuck Central. Process overrated or underrated? Sad. What do you think? Underrated, clearly. <laughs> in, in everything in life, having a good process makes a big difference. Having no process, probably not great. <laughs> Doesn't help. No. Uh, but having a process, definitely. Like, hey, I, I guess your process could be wrong, but I, I'll give you points if you have a process, you know? Yes. But doesn't mean it's going to be the right process. Yes. Uh, but still underrated. Uh, all right. It's... Uh, Overrated, underrated. Bring in uh, producer Josh Elliott Wolf. We have uh, intern Maddie here as well. I've been busy back here. <laughs> oh, have you? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you knew. Um, for those that maybe are just listening to Overrated, Underrated on podcast, uh, it is now on Twitter. The uh, uh, Trevor Linden quote that uh, we keep talking about here and keep getting questions about in the inbox. I uh, guess. So we will start with the non... Nice work, mustache Josh. Thank you. Try honestly. Speaking of men's health, it's a Movember campaign for yeah. Josh as well. I'm just uh, attaching on to Dom's Movember fund. Nice. Go ahead and donate to Dom's Movember Donate to Dom Shramati's Movember fund as we continue the uh, men's health check here in November. All right, overrated, underrated. Let's do it. Uh, we'll start with this one from Dan Murphy. The Sportsnet Murph. The Sportsnet Murph. Yes. Uh, PDO. Overrated or underrated? <laughs> oh, boy. It's it's all the rage, uh, PDO, because the Canucks are just like uh, having a, an all-time PDO heater right now. Yeah. I'm okay. So I'm going to be careful with how I word this because yep. I, I do think, again, a lot of these stats are valuable and 
they're not wrong in terms of giving you normative levels and if you're above normative levels even for good teams it will come down and 110 pdo is simply not sustainable right 100 percent, i agree with that however keep people that keep referencing that stat all the time is overrated good teams are usually above the average pdo they'll be over 100 right they'll be 102 maybe 103 or 101 or something like that Again, the Canucks are extra extraordinarily above that, and it will come down. But this notion that it's going to get that back to even or below or whatever, teams that have talented scorers and also teams that have good goaltending, they do operate above normative levels for PDO. So I would say overrated when it gets used the way it gets used so often. Uh, I 100% agree on that. Um, it, it's it's not a perfect stat. Like, all it is, it, it's just a – it can be an indicator, like – but you know what? Any team that's going on a run similar to the Canucks are like they're of course their PDO is going to be wildly hot, right? It's going to be running wildly over a hundred or one, whatever you want to call it. That's just the way that the the, the stat works. It's sort of like um, you know adding up penalty kill percentage and power play percentage, and if they equal a hundred, you know you're probably doing pretty well. It's like yeah, it's. Kind of, but it's not perfect either, right? It's just, it, it can be a little bit of an indicator for you. And yeah. I, I think PDO is, while it's better than that example that I just gave, it's, again, it should be an indicator. And yes, this should be obvious by now. The Canucks are going to regress a little bit to the mean. The question is how much? And I think they've proven that they're at least, at the very least, a pretty good hockey team right now. Uh, now that I've had some time, I've gone through the text box here. So we're going to go back to the Linden. <laughs> uh, overrated, underrated, this one unsigned. Jim Benning's drafting ability. Whew. Um, so, like, uh, obviously the way uh, uh, this is now looking. Um, and, you know, the Canucks, they still had a pretty good drafts. Um, after Linden left, um, I guess you could say, but uh, they, they, they were missing a lot of first-round picks after Linden had left. Uh, but Vasily Colson hasn't really worked out. That was the 2019 first-rounder. It's um, like Benning still did some okay drafting, but that process that seemed to be in place with Judd Brackett around seemed to have a lot more success than what was going on before that or after that sort of dissipated. It's overrated. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would say that as well, generally speaking. Um, but it just makes such a big difference if you have the type of room. And this is what the Canucks have going right now. And you see it in, in their scouting videos and also when you talk to people. And you even saw the video of uh, Alvin talking to the scouts after the, after the 2022 draft. And he was saying, you know, Lakira Mack is the guy you guys want, right? Like, this is the guy you guys are banging the table for. So, like, that's kind of, like, it went off the word of the scouts and the scouting director and them coming together and, and really pushing for the guy. And then he felt comfortable being, okay, this is the guy we're going to get. And that's the type of process you want to have when selecting players because these guys especially the scouting directors the guys who are on the grassroots level every day watching these guys they know what's going on gms typically speaking like they don't get that many looks on guys and if you let somebody who has a couple of looks at a guy make the biggest decisions all the time you're probably not following the best process yeah um 2019 uh, that's the thing right like and and patrick has mentioned it pretty much every time we talk to him after the draft 
this is my scouts drafting. You know, we made the joke about him drafting another Swede after they took Willander, and it's like, well, it's my scouts. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it, it can be a part of the process, what you feel, but you're just one of the voices, or should be just one of the voices of the room, especially when you have a whole entire amateur scouting department that's dedicated to setting these things up. Um, but I, I just want to clarify something I, I mentioned earlier. The 2021 draft, or sorry, the 2020 draft Canucks, uh, right now Jacob Truscott and Dmitrys Lodeyev are still with the uh, organization. Well, I guess all of them are, but no, no players have played yet in the NHL. As for the 2019 draft, uh, so this would be the first draft after Linden left, Pod Colson, Hoaglander, Silovs, and Aiden McDonough have all uh, played games for the Canucks so far. So four four players out of the, that draft to at least play games is uh, not a bad rate. So just to just to throw that out there. All right, next. Next is back to some uh, current Canucks stuff from What the Nuck. JT Miller being top five in Selkie votes at the end of the season. Overrated or underrated? Oh, man, I hate to say it, but um, overrated. It's not, it's not going to happen. I feel like it's it's going to be hard for Miller to get all the way into that conversation, even as the year goes on. Yeah, I, I, I think I, so I appreciate too. Miller's game, but I don't know how much everybody else uh, does. No, I, I would say this. Oftentimes, Selkie, too, is, is, is oftentimes narrative-driven. Yes. So I can see that if the Canucks keep playing well, uh, JT's plus-minus numbers are astronomical and there starts being this push about him being this two-way force. I can see him gaining some momentum, but when you look at the players that are getting some accolades right now, Nico Heischer is a guy that people view as the next guy, too. So when it comes to those narratives, oftentimes, especially with Bergeron gone now, people already have in their mind who they think the next guy is. And unless that type of player has a really bad year, Heischer types, it's very uncommon for them not to win it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I would say that too. I'd fade uh, JT getting the Selkie, but I'm not putting it. Co- I'm not completely dismissing it. Um, the, the other part of this is like you know, Elias Pettersson was what seventh in uh, in Selkie voting last year, so he might not be the only Canuck that gets some consideration for the Selkie, and that's uh, that could maybe take away from some of the uh, votes he could get. To overrated. Next one from Keyshawn: A healthy Teddy Bluger. Overrated or underrated? Oof. Um, I feel like I, I had them up pretty good in the first segment of the show today, so uh, could be overrated. But I actually I, I like the Bluger signing from day one, and uh, as uh, I've started to adopt old man takes like Sat, um, I, uh, <laughs> I, I I just appreciate a good fourth line center these days, even if you have to even after even if you have to pay a little bit up for it. Uh, that's that's one of the major effects the last couple of years has had on me uh, with the Vancouver Canucks, not not having a, a capable and, uh, I guess, versatile fourth-line center that can play a big role on the PK and actually have some real defensive chops that you're not afraid to put out there against another top team's, uh, another team's top line if you need to. Yeah, and it just having Teddy Bluger come in, too, I think not only does that take some pressure off JT, and which actually, it can actually help his Selkie case because people will just assume he's playing in every situation and all of a sudden his <laughs> numbers are even better. It's like, oh, wow, look at this. But I think Bluger can take a lot of that defensive responsibility away from JT. And I think even Pew Suter, I, I like Pew Suter. He's been, I think, asked sometimes to do a lot that 
Teddy Bluger is a bit better suited for in a matchup role. Next. Next one is from Cole. Anthony Beauvillier being on the trade block, overrated or underrated? Ooh, I'll let you go first on this one, Sat. Uh, I mean, is it easy? Can you say somebody making $4 million is uh, underrated? Nope. Um... And if, also, like, there, if, so right now, Anthony Bavillier is making four point one five million. Yeah. In free agency, is he getting four million per year? No. Even if he had the same year that he had last year, which is going to be hard for him to do as a fourth line player with this Canucks team, like if he's uh, like a twenty goal, forty point player, still not a guy, not a winger, getting that kind of money in 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 the way that. Dollars are generally allocated in the NHL these days, right? It's it's tough. Uh, like Ilya Mikheyev got four million bucks, but he didn't get four million bucks because he scored twenty goals in his contract year with the with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He got four million bucks because you know he's big and he's fast and he can PK and he can do all those things and he can score you twenty goals. <laughs> that's yeah. that's why Ilya Mikheyev got four million bucks. That's why Ivan Barbashev got the contract he did from the Vegas Golden Knights. They have. Um, they have a lot to their game that isn't just about point production. And Bovillier has a little bit of that, but to get the best value out of Anthony Bovillier, he's got to be a scorer. And I just don't think he's a good enough scorer to get that kind of money again. So tough to tough to call Anthony Bovillier, even as a trade asset, underrated. Yeah, I, I, yeah. He's not, as a trade asset, he's not underrated. I do think as a third or fourth liner, giving you depth on a team, take the money away. You have a guy like Bavillier playing on a third, fourth line role, a very competent, solid player in the NHL. That's really good for your roster, but it's hard to call that underrated because of the dollars, the money, and it's not going to be easy to move it for value either. Next one from B Buzz Claude Giroux, Shane Goss, Despair, and Sean Couturier's 2017 2018 season. Overrated or underrated? So is, is this in reference to the uh, Charlie O'Connor tweet? Yeah. Uh, I feel uh, bad for him, by the way. The Philadelphia like... Flyers writer? We might have to have him on the show. Yeah. yeah. At some point. Yeah. I mean, so I understand where he's getting, and I don't think he's wrong. Like Shane Gossespierre that year had his best year. He looked really good. Claude Giroux, Couturier were fantastic. I mean, go through the rest of the roster. They had some guys playing really well. I just think his framing of the Canucks' top players is a bit inaccurate. Like it's almost like sneering at, oh, Hughes isn't that good, Demko's not that good, Pedersen's not that good, and yeah, I mean, clearly Pedersen's not the best player in the league. But could he be playing as the best player in the league at the moment? I think you make that argument. Quinn, is Quinn Hughes arguably the first or second best player in the league at the moment with how he's playing? You can make that argument. I don't think anybody says that Quinn Hughes or or Pedersen are actually better players than Connor McDavid, right? Like we're like they're mm-hmm. overall better talents. But at the moment, with how they're playing they're the best players in the league you can make that argument right so i think in terms of using that against canucks fans i'm not so sure i think he's too low on the canucks stars and when you cite save percentage raw save percentage as being a bad thing like oh demko's 9 11 well at one thing that we know and perhaps we know this more than other markets because we have the incredible goalie uh, analysts here. We have Kevin Woodley on every week. He'll be on with us next week. But one thing we've learned is you can't just look at a raw save percentage and be like, oh, that's an indicator of a goalie who's good and he's bad. You can have a low save percentage and have an environment that's so difficult that you're still saving goals above expected. And Thatcher Demko, when it comes to saving goals above expected by the most trusted, most comprehensive model, which is CSA, has been one of the best goalies in the league for years. So 
I don't think he's being fully accurate on the Canucks star players, but if people are allowed to have opinions, that's fine. It is what it is. It's uh, it, You're allowed to have an opinion. It just might be a bad one. Uh, <laughs> Char- Charlie, um, look, he uh, he's clearly... I don't want to say he doesn't watch the Canucks without knowing for certain. I don't talk to Charlie often. <laughs> but it, it just feels like uh, a guy who looked at and Josh and I, you and I talked about this before the show. Like, it looks like it kind of feels like a guy that looked at the stats and looked at the some of the numbers and the underlying public data and was like, ah, like these guys are good, but they're not that good. Uh, you know, sort of a, an outsider's take. Somebody's not having a close eye on the Vancouver Canucks, and we've seen if you if you make those assumptions on Canucks Twitter, Canucks Twitter will come after you. They'll get you. <laughs> and to be fair, like I will say, if I'm I don't watch many Flyers games. If I'm trying to make a judgment on the Flyers, I would go look at the same things. But what I will say is underrated, just like having a big take like that and not being afraid to, you know, have it. Yeah. Like, you might be wrong, but you know what? I'm just going to have a take on this. And you're going to go down swinging. <laughs> you're going to go down swinging. I appreciate the, uh, the ballsiness of it. All right. Next one uh, comes from Austin in Langley. Pit tickets at concerts. So four seats at a concert. Oh, not uh, definitely like overrated. Are we factoring in price too? Yeah. Yeah, and just experience. Like when I was, maybe when I was younger and, you know, full of more energy or whatever, maybe I would have been more intrigued by it. Now I, I don't I don't want that. I'm good. I feel I'll like take a seat uh, in, in the bowl, in the lower bowl somewhere. I'm good. Like if you're in a like real like pit, like a real pit, I feel like 22. Like that's that's the age I stopped craving being in a in a pit of any kind. I'm already out of it. I'm like this is enough for me. Uh, I I sat uh, on the floor for Guns N' Roses, but it was like a seat. The fold out chair. Yeah, it was yeah, a fold out yeah. chair. wasn't a wasn't well, the actual Guns pit. N' Roses too. Yeah. Anyone with floor seats there? I, they needed needs they a needed chair. they needed chairs. So yeah. everybody's <laughs> 70 years old. Um, Axl Rose probably could have used a chair for the concert too, but uh, it was, um, yeah. I don't. I haven't been on a, a floor in a long time, unless you're like watching a band at a like a at a smaller venue or something. It's just like or that's, outside, yeah, or outside. But uh, at a Rogers Arena concert or something like that, I'm like no, I'm good. Give me lower bowl on the side, and I'm happy. Uh, lower bowl, like central, actually, where you're oh. facing the stage. Okay. Quite like that. Fair enough. Uh, next one, JL, wearing toques with suits, overrated or underrated? Ooh, this is like a pure uh, walking in on Saturday for hockey night in Canada kind of look. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's 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 perfectly acceptable as you're walking into a building, walking outside in the snow or the cold to have a toque on to keep your head warm. Sure, but it's not acceptable as a form of actual attire with the suit when you're inside. No, <laughs> this is also true. I, I've just like. I've given up on wearing toques. Like I'll I'll suffer through the cold because I just I hate the way my hair gets after I've worn a toque, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like if I wear a toque, I got to commit to wearing a toque all day because I can't. My hair is because my bad. hair is just a mess after. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm sure Sat has. Well, Sat never has a problem with his hair. He's Sat's got the perfect hair is hairline. Weirdly, always it's just perfect. like it's everything's fine. I don't. You know what the problem is? People think it's fake. <laughs> I literally had somebody in the post game. She would ask me, "Where'd you get plugs? You go to Turkey?" I'm like, "What are you talking about here?" And I have people to, like, I have people roasting me about just for men and stuff. And I'm like, "What are you guys talking? No, that's what I get. 
People think it's fake. They it's think I like real I, and I manicure it myself. <laughs> yeah. Yes. She's aging gracefully <laughs> as hell, man. Uh, Better hair, sad or Buck Martinez? I don't know. It's toss. <laughs> Probably, it's Buck. It's still Buck. Yeah, Buck's got great hair, yeah, man. That's yeah, it's so flowy. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, this one from Dom, producer Dom. He works with us. Yeah. Uh, push pull legs as a gym split. PPL. PPL. Is Dom going through his like uh, Jersey Shore phase or what? <laughs> I don't know. I will say PPL. Can you say yeah. that again? PPL. PPL Wait, as like a as a gym split, like push pull legs. Oh, push pull legs. Yes, 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 yes. Well, you got to make sure you're going five days a week to do that. Five. Yeah. Wait, that's, or that'd be six. that's three. Got to do six. Or or six. No, I mean yeah, because you have to do five. You don't have to do six, but five like push pull. You have to do at least five for six days. You can't do push pull if you're doing two or three days. Just do full body workouts if you're going two or three days. You know, like it's it depends on how often you go. Mm. The split's fine, but I think some of the signs what it's showing is don't be too committed to the splits. It's actually good to combine a couple of things, and you know, um, it's not. Listen, as long as you get in there and exercise, it's fantastic. But sometimes these specifics could be somewhat overrated. Science sat. He's back. <laughs> Actually, push-pull legs. I don't know. The science is telling us. <laughs> the science. Science. Might be better routines. I will say, if Sat told me anything about working out, I'd be like, yeah, no, you're right. Fair enough. He's, he's definitely knows more than I do. So, yeah. uh, Though I do use pull-pull, uh, push-pull legs. Pull yeah, pull it's legs. good. It's good. Uh, we'll end with this one. Overrated, underrated, on the text box. Trevor's rating of the stick and rink logo. Oh, well, Sat's underrated. He already uh, admitted as much. Yeah, and I've told you guys this before. My favorite color combination is the green and the blue. Like, I love the color. I think it's look it's unique in the NHL too. I know the black is fantastic too, but like, it's unique that color combination in the league. I think it looks really good on TV. Looks great in person. And my favorite logo has always been the stick and the rink. So yes, I'm Team Trevor on that one. Um, I think it's I think it's overrated. I uh, I actually quite like the orca. Me too. I kinda, Orca's nice too. I don't mind the orca to be honest. I grew up with it though, so like for me that that plays a part. Yeah, the the skate will always have a nostalgia feel for me, but I'm I'm convinced if it became permanent, it would it would wear on people pretty quick. I yeah. feel like. I've been saying this for years, and people have started to come around on it already. So I know, like, if the Canucks went full black skate, it would, uh, I don't know if it would last forever. Blue and green is just so nice. Like, like when the Oilers went back to, like, retro Oilers, right? It made mm-hmm. sense. And it stuck. Flames, same thing, right? But Canucks going full-on permanent black skate, white skate, uh, I don't know. It, it wouldn't... Uh, it wouldn't stick forever. Maybe no. maybe stick and rink or stay with what it is probably ends up being best option for Vancouver. Also, white skate, very underrated. It looks clean, sharp. That's a clean look. I'm just not big on white jerseys in general. Here we go. That's why you're a Lakers fan, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just easy. Like The white's like whatever. It's boring. Just wear, wear yellow and purple. Never have to wear white. Beautiful. Purple, yellow, gold. Yeah. Great. Give me colors. <laughs> uh, all right. That's uh, that's it for Overrated Underrated. We'll do some overflow and uh, more on your Vancouver Canucks. Plus, what are the San Jose Sharks doing? That's next on Canucks Central. Catch up on what happened in Vancouver sports with Halford and Bruff in the morning. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.